Welcome to the Meditation Ward. My name is Nadia Ward. I'm really excited to bring you this podcast where I talk to interesting people who also happen to be meditators. We talk about their stories, the way they got into meditation, and any tips or tools they'd like to share with you. Each week, there's a second episode, a guided meditation that we hope you'll enjoy. If you would like to start your own meditation practice, we would love you to check out our course, Exploring Meditation, a seven-week course designed by me, Nadia. Each week, you learn new tips and tools and how to create your own personal meditation practice that works for you. Follow us at The Meditation Ward on Instagram or go to the website, themeditationward.com. Sign up for our emails and check out our courses. And now, on to the episode. Hey everybody, thanks again for being here at The Meditation Ward. My name is Nadia, and today we are lucky to have Brandon McNulty. Brandon is a personal empowerment coach, a mindfulness meditation teacher, and a Reiki healer. His mission is to help people reconnect to their authentic self and rediscover a purposeful path. He is the founder of Flow State Coaching, a transformational coaching program designed to guide young adults back to their intuitive wisdom. Brandon has also created and led a variety of meditation gatherings and mindfulness workshops with the core intention of inspiring self-love. Hi, Brandon. Hey. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for being here. (laughs) It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, where are you? I am in Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, that's interesting. I did not expect that answer. Yeah, I, I moved here about um, six months ago from New York. Oh, um, outside the city, New York. Yeah, outside New York City. Well, I was actually living in Philly for a year before um, last year. So I'm originally from um, the suburbs outside New York City. Lived in Philly um, last year, and then I moved to uh, to Arizona earlier this year. Why did you move to Arizona? For me, it was a spiritual call. I visited Arizona in the past and the last time I visited there was this experience that I had where I experienced the divine in a way that before was like believing in it versus knowing it and it was really felt and known deep within me that I was meant to be here in Arizona and um when I was in Arizona, the beginning of 2022, when I received this, this, this knowing I, um, it was my, it was the end of my first solo expedition, which was an intentional trip for me to embrace my aloneness. So it was just incredibly divine. And, um, it, it, I felt so connected to the people here that I met and just the nature and it, it, yeah, it just felt intuitively right to, to come back at the end of the year and, and, and move here. Um, not knowing where exactly I was going to live. I thought it was going to be Phoenix, but when I got to Phoenix, I decided that that wasn't the place for me. So I started exploring all around Arizona and found myself in Flagstaff. Oh, cool. That is pretty exciting. I um, moved like six months ago from Richmond to Nashville. And um, I actually went to Utah and I loved Utah and I felt like a sense of home there. So I'm in Nashville now, but perhaps another home in Utah because it just felt like home. Totally. Yeah, Utah's beautiful. Yeah. Been there before. Yeah. yeah. What do you think was the, like, if you take like a second to pause, what was the moment that you felt this guidance? It was in each moment unfolding throughout last year. When I was in Arizona, in Phoenix and I received this knowing that I'm meant to be here. I wasn't sure when and for how long. I just felt like I needed to be in Arizona at some point in the future. At that time, I didn't think I was gonna be moving there. It was more of like this place, I, I feel really aligned here spiritually and throughout 2022 i went on 
more solo expeditions around the country. And Arizona was just in the back of my mind. It was like, maybe that, maybe I should move there. So it was, it was really an unfolding. What do you mean by, by solo um, expedition? Are you like yeah, so solo, rock climbing solo, or? <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> yeah, so a solo expedition is just when you travel somewhere by yourself for an extended period of time. For me, it was the first trip was uh, the coast of California, San Francisco to San Diego. And then I flew to Phoenix. That was my first one. And then my second one, I was in Austin for about a month living there, Airbnb. And then I did, I was living on the road for two months um, doing the Blue Ridges. So like Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, Smoky Mountains. And I was living out of my car. I was living, uh, I was living in uh, Appalachian Trail hostels, some Airbnbs. And so for me, a solo expedition was, a, it was an intentional trip to embrace myself, my authentic self, and to just experience everything that there is to experience when you're traveling alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. what was your life before you became this meditation coach and decided to take these expeditions? Have you always been this way or uh, what, what was your journey like? Yeah, totally. So out of college, I graduated um, undergrad in 2018 and I had a corporate job lined up. Um, I was working for PricewaterhouseCoopers um, out, of, out of college and I was working in the consulting field. I jumped around quite a bit at the firm. I was doing um, internal audit. I was doing product strategy. I was doing uh, well-being in the workplace. So basically like internal um, strategy for our workforce, right? We were creating um, leadership development and like mindfulness initiatives for our, for our people. So I was in a, in a consulting role for, for four years uh, at PwC. I was based out of New York, lived in Philly. Um, <clears throat> and life for me was um, certainly my job and living in New York and spending time with friends. But really it was quick, also- um, You mentioned that part of your job had mindfulness. So is yeah, that something yeah. that you already had in your pocket? <laughs> so that was something that kind of came at the end of my time there. Um, so it wasn't like it was just in my pocket. It kind of was a, things led, we got, I got to a point where I was, um, I found a position at the firm where I was working on some mindfulness initiatives and was leading meditation at the firm for a short time before I left. Um, so this was at the end of my tenure at, in the corporate world this is this was like the the last like six months of my position right i was there four for four years so the first half of it i was immersed in, in just the, the corporate world and all that <clears throat> excuse me all of that brings and um however i was really dedicated to my my mindfulness journey and my, and my meditation practice I, I began yoga and meditation uh, in 2018 i was uh, introduced to it by one of my dearest soulmates melanie I always shout her out on these podcasts. So when I talk about my my uh, my initiation into uh, self realization, and she introduced me to yoga and uh, gifted me my first ever spiritual book called The Untethered Soul, Michael Singer. I'm actually reading and listening to uh, the Surrender Experiment right now, which he's Michael Singer's amazing. So, anyways, I. Well, basically, when I was graduating college, 2018, I met her. Perfect timing. Was introduced to to yoga and meditation. Started meditating uh, consistently about five to six months after I started practicing yoga consistently. So for me, I was in my corporate job, but I was so devoted, so dedicated to my spiritual practice, uh, meditating at least twice a day. Um, and I was I was really devoted to my practice for quite some time before even thinking about. Um, extending it out to others and being of service in a way of facilitating um healing energy and 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 uh and leading meditation in any capacity yeah you smiled a lot when you talked about that journey so it sounds like it was like pretty great how did your meditation start you said you meditated twice a day what were they like when you started totally so i read a book called Bliss More, How to Succeed in Meditation Without Really Trying by Light Watkins. That was my, my education and, and, and introduced me into meditation. So I, it was a transcendental meditation practice. And that was the, the first year and a half to two years of, of, of my 
journey and practice, what it was like for me was, hmm, I need to think about that for a second because it's so deep and rich. It, for me, it was something I was so willing to do. It, it was like right when I started, I just felt so called to continue. It was like I was meant to be meditating. I didn't know why at the time, but it just felt so right to turn inward and to breathe and to be and to um, recite the mantra that I was um, vibrating with in meditation. And uh, was the mantra the same the whole time? Or do you have a mantra you'd like to sh share with us? Or is it it, 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 it was a um, so this one I could share the one that I'm that so yeah, this one I could share it, it was in um, um, that was the that was the uh, the mantra, yeah, that was a an um, so kind of like an om, but like a variated om. Yeah, um, I've always used actual words, um, but I've recently heard someone else say that they used a sound instead of words as well. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was that. Was that a recommendation from the book, or is that just something that felt right or was given to you? Yeah, it was a recommendation from the book, and um, it resonated for for a short period of time, for about a year, year and a half, and and then it it kind of fell off. So. Um, but but it was still a beautiful practice. It's a one of the, that mantra is like a is like one of the traditional um, transcendental meditation mantras, at least to my understanding, it is. Yeah, that's actually the other person that mentioned it to me. It was talking about transcendental meditation. So I guess that is yeah. sometimes not an actual word because that can be in its own way distracting. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm trying to actually pronounce it because it's, it, it's an, it's an inner mantra. It's not a, a, a japa, which is uh, an, an out, an outro, uh, an outward mantra. It's, it's inner. So I only said it within myself. So it's hard to almost pronounce like, like, oh, I got so, you. That's interesting. Yeah. But in the beginning, it felt like I was, um, I just took it in. Like I, I was so willing and determined to practice that Although there were like uncomfortable sits and times where I was like experienced myself, like being critical or like analytical to practice. Am I doing this right? Like, why am I not feeling calm and Zen? I learned quickly through the teachings that I was exposed to that there was no such thing as perfect practice. Just sitting for meditation is perfect because it's just self-awareness. So I was very, um, I was very committed to self-awareness and felt pretty compassionate with myself in the beginning when I experienced some of that inner critic or um, problem solver that would kind of come in. Yeah. It's a ways away back. I haven't reflected too much on my beginnings. Yeah. Yeah. Did you... Um... I know it can be intimidating for people to think that then when they start meditating, it's supposed to be this big practice, which is supposed to be 25, 30 minutes or like a whole thing. Um, it sounds like that might've been a little bit more of your experience, or did you have times where you started where you just took five minutes or did you start full on full in? Yeah, I started with 10 minutes a session. So I would do one in the morning, one in the afternoon. I've been a consistent morning, afternoon, like late afternoon, early evening, evening meditator for like since the beginning. So um, it would, it was 10 minutes in the morning and then 10 minutes in the afternoon. And then I did bump it up to around 15 to 20 minutes about like just gradually spread out across like that year, year and a half to two years. Yeah. Yeah. And so you went from this corporate career to now living in Arizona and being a meditation like facilitator and coach what was that like was that terrifying or how did that run its course through that yeah there was so much that happened to get to this point when I was in the corporate world I was really consistent with my practice and in my practice, I came to a point where 
I started to get in contact with my true self and what my true self was calling for. And what it was calling for was service. So I asked myself, how can I be of service? And I got involved in mentorship, volunteering, holding space for friends and family, intentionally knowing that I wanted to be a coach deep down. I think in the beginning it was actually, it was indirect. It was just in my nature to facilitate these supportive spaces to go deep with people. And then I started to intentionally hold the space more directly and say, Hey, I would love to, I would love to serve you in this coaching capacity for the next hour. Could I, could I be of service? I was uh, giving back to my, my alumni, which is Binghamton university in New York. And, um, was was guiding uh, college students on campus um, from a career standpoint and helping them find their first internships and jobs and you know really really um, being a being a um, a guiding light in their uh, in their their journey embarking transitioning from college into the quote unquote real world. So I was so. Uh, halfway through, I was maybe two years into my corporate, into the corporate world, I was being, I, I was practicing and I call this way of service, which was coaching, mentorship, facilitating these spaces, truly my outward spiritual practice to be of service. And uh, I was of service in this loving out of the kindness of my heart way, not asking for anything in, in terms of monetarily in return. I was just volunteering. So about two to two and a half years into me being of service in this way, volunteering out of the kindness of my heart, right? Intentionally facilitating these, these supportive spaces. I, and this really all came to form through my own practice of just turning inward and, and really getting in touch with my my inner self and my intuition. But I asked myself, how could I take this a step deeper? Um, how could I actually be a coach? I've been practicing for two years in um, really intentionally, what would it look like for me to actually uh, embody this more fully, more deeply? So I seek out a completely new meditation path uh, simultaneously as I connected with Surflow, which is the program that we connected through, um, which is the meditation coaching program. So I found this new path of meditation because um, I, I seek out the practice because I wanted to, I wanted a teacher so I knew how to teach. And so I knew how to facilitate and guide. So that was the, 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 uh, the thinking there. So yeah. there's this that, quote that I love that's, um, I wish I'll have to look up who said it, but um as you learn, you teach. And as you teach, you learn. Mm -hmm. And you, it just cycles around, like teaching makes us learn more. And like, as you learn more, it sounds like you were giving back more, but then learning more and this beautiful cycle. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, that, and that's exactly what happened. I was, I was giving so much in those two years. I turned inward and, and, and realized I needed to give that, I needed to give to myself in a deeper way found that teacher, was introduced to that tradition and that practice, and then found a space to uplift my act of facilitating, leading, and guiding through my inner experience outwardly into, uh, into a, you know, of course, into to guiding meditation with, with Surflow. So I, that kind of, in the beginning of 2022, end of 2021, beginning of 2022, I found like my new practice and the way in which I was going to go about facilitating, guiding, leading meditation. I, I did come to a point, um, the end of 2021, where meditation coach just popped into my mind, just, just came through my consciousness. And because I was asking myself, like, how could I be a coach? Like, what would it look like for me to take a step deeper? And that the, med the words meditation coach just came through into my consciousness. And so interesting, because I didn't even know what meditation coaching was until I took a meditation course with Sura Flow. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, and that's the way that most people find her is is you know how how do I meditate or like what well, you know how do I lead meditation? But it, it was like I typed in meditation coaching into Google. Like it was direct, it was direct, like from source, I believe, from Sarah and and all the beautiful things that she's doing. And yeah, so I had these two. That's really yeah, cool. yeah. So I, I had my core practice that I I dove into, which is uh, Nilakantha meditation, which comes from the uh shakta shaiva tantra yoga tradition and was that's really my core like foundational stamba practice um that i was introduced to when i met sura and of course sura teaches us how to guide mindfulness meditation which is which is not yogic mantra meditation it's it's quite different but mod, but, med, but mindfulness meditation was exactly what i wanted to facilitate which, which, which of course I didn't know when I found meditation coaching in Zero Flow. I had no idea what kind of meditation I was going to be leading. So I really just followed my heart there to 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 join the Zero Flow community, and uh, one thing led to another, and you know, found myself on Liberate and started embarking on the coursework and stuff. So when you were in Philadelphia. How long ago did you quit your job and completely switch over to this new career path that you've created? Yeah, so I I quit my corporate job uh, six months ago. So right when you ago. moved. Yeah, yeah. So I I yeah. So um, it was right when I moved. It was I drove across the country uh, January first. I landed in Arizona, and I got to Flagstaff the middle to end of February, signed the lease, and then I quit like the end of February, beginning of March. So it was right when I arrived here in Flagstaff, I, I, I put my, my two weeks notice in and I decided to commit to coaching, holistic coaching full-time, holistic life coaching. I have a question yeah. about your family. <laughs> Where is yeah, your family absolutely. like, were they like, what is my hippie son doing? Like who did, who is this guy? Are they super supportive or were they both confused and supportive? What was it like? Or I don't know your family. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, that, 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 that's, that's a really fair question. They are traditional. <laughs> They're certainly traditional. Um, have lived in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, their whole life. They have traveled a little bit, but like they were never exposed to like a grand move such as traveling across the country, what which seemed to them as spontaneous and out of nowhere. Um, and for them, it was certainly out of their comfort zone because they've never moved across the country. They've never, they've never done something that I did like that, that I did. And um, they stayed pretty consistent in their career paths. My mom's a nurse. She's been a nurse her whole life. And um, my dad worked in uh, sales and advertising and media. And they've had pretty straight line careers. So when I said that I was leaning into coaching full-time, of course, like I had a ton of practice, which like they only knew so much about from what I told them, but like for them, me deciding to do this, to step into coaching full-time was and while moving across the country, like, which I didn't decide, like I decided I was going to be leaving way before I left. It, 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 it was a natural unfolding. And, um, they, in the, I didn't tell them that I left until like a month after I did. What? A month and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was completely within myself. I, I wasn't ready to share that. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to really lean into what felt, what, what, what I felt was right. I didn't ask anybody for advice. There's no advice. I, I've gotten plenty of, plenty of support and, you know, support from my therapist and my coach. And there was no need to ask anybody about anything. I knew exactly what I needed to do. And for that reason, I didn't say, Hey guys, I'm just want your, I want your, uh, you know, your sign off on this, or what do you think about that? I, I, I wanted to tell them when I felt grounded in what I was doing. So, um, I waited a little bit. 
Yeah, so, that's pretty that's wild. Like all of a sudden you're like, hey, just want to let you know, I'm only going to see you twice a year now. Forgot to tell you, I live in Arizona. <laughs> well, well, no, I mean, they, they, they knew that I was going to be, like, they knew that I was going to be living in Arizona. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I no, thought no, it no, sounded like, like you didn't tell them for a month after you oh, moved. No, 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 no. I'm sorry if, if I if, if I didn't communicate clearly. I was saying that I left, I, I didn't tell them about my corporate job. Gotcha. <laughs> until a month after I left. They knew I was leaving. They knew I was leaving. Um, they knew I was going to Arizona because there was a transitionary period between me moving out of Philly and the holidays and me leaving for for Arizona. So I was home for the majority of December. And uh, they, they, they were fully aware of this move to Arizona for quite some time, even before I decided to officially do it. I told them I was thinking about it. In terms of my full-time move, I didn't bring that to their attention until it happened a month or so later, to clarify. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Yeah. Something that you said earlier that I really liked is that um, you used to always just hold space for people. And that kind of resonated with me because, you know, I'm a, a coach as well. And when I had looked back at my experiences in life, like people have always just felt really safe talking to me. And all the time people are coming up to me, just telling me stuff, or if there was issues at school, people are talking to me about it. And it's like, oh, people feel safe when they talk to me. Is that what it felt like for you? Yeah, it did. Totally. What's your favorite part about coaching? I learn about myself. Yeah. As I sit with somebody and go deep into their experience and be really present with them, it prompts me to ask the same questions that I'm asking my clients and take my own coaching. So it's been like this reflective space for me to coach myself through everything that I'm working through in my healing journey on the path. And what I love now that I didn't love so much like six months ago was how intense my healing journey has been over the past six months uh, in terms of just what surfaced um, that was deep, you know, deeper in the the realms of my being that I needed to work through and um, coaching brought that those deeper parts out in me like all experiences do so my, my favorite part is the spiritual awakening in it and you said you work with like younger people do you want to talk about that decision and how that happened why your yeah. service to that age group or people? Yeah, for sure. I I think that the, I say young adults and I'm referring to like anywhere from college students to early thirties, the people that I've been working with and that I'm attracting, I would say like in, are in their mid to late twenties because that's where I am. And in terms of like the mindfulness, like gatherings and events that I facilitate and host are all age ranges. I was leading meditation in Philly for six months with predominantly um, mid-age adults and seniors. I'm also doing an event in two days with with college students. Don't you love so working say, with seniors? I do. Yeah, they, they really get it. <laughs> yeah, I've taught chair yoga before and I just, they're just so appreciative and they're so there for it. And they show up, they show up. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. They really do. They really, they, it, it, it's, they seem to be naturally present. <laughs> yeah. Returning yeah. back to innocence. Right. Of course. Yeah. The inner child, the, the, the full circle. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say with my, with that age, I say young adults. Um, that totally makes sense to me. Like, yeah. um, I am past my mid thirties now and, um, I still sometimes I'm not quite sure I'm an adult and I'm still figuring out 
my career has changed so many times. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't open a yoga studio until I was like 38 and I was living in LA until I was 36, like waiting tables and doing acting stuff, you know? So it's like, there's a ton of transitions, especially um, now, as opposed to like 15, 20 years ago that happen continuously throughout our lives, like switching careers and jobs. It's a lot more common. So I'd say young people, still resonate with that age group yeah yeah i agree totally yeah yeah what have been um what's your experience been in flagstaff just like living there yeah it's been a beautiful experience really being immersed in such a down-to-earth community that's so inclusive and embracing of all kinds which is exactly what i was looking for and um it feels so aligned to my the lifestyle that I wanted to be embodying um, at, at this point of my life. So it, the community is fantastic here. It's such a joy to be immersed in, in all this beautiful nature. Um, I'm an hour and 15 minutes from the Grand Canyon. I'm 45 minutes south of, I'm an hour and 15 minutes south of the Grand Canyon, 45 minutes north of Sedona. Um, which is just incredible nature, right? And Flagstaff is is uh, alpine, so it's beautiful mountains, which is, I'm a really big hiker and, and uh, climber and biker. So I love being outdoors. Um, the pine forests are beautiful here and there's such a flourishing um, music and arts community. I love electronic music and art. So um, there's a lot of like festivals and uh, just like really awesome functions that are going on. Never knew Flagstaff was so cool. Yeah, it is really cool here. And I I didn't even, I wasn't even here before. Like, this is my first time ever being here. Yeah, I just showed, I just showed up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And it's been really, um, it's really complimented. The, the, the environment here has really complimented what I want to do um, in terms of the, the meditation gatherings and mindfulness events which I'm just starting to really uh, pick up momentum with. So that that was a really big part of the move here, feeling like I could serve a community that is receptive to spiritual practices such as meditation, mindfulness, and and uh, just like the yoga tradition overall. Yeah. Um, of course, with some you know some Buddhist influence there and here and there, but you know it's 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 all like Sarah teaches us. It's it's all uh, leading in in flow and from the heart, which is certainly the way that I, I facilitate meditation, not necessarily teaching. I, I see myself more as a guide or, 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 a, or a lead facilitator. Yeah. So yeah, Flagstaff has been amazing. Um, I love it here. Yeah. So I have a question like, um, being someone who is so dedicated to service, was it a hard transition or kind of weird to start asking for financial comp like compensation for that kind of stuff if you're someone who is of service it's an interesting yeah, it's a, transition from doing that all for yeah. free to being a career it's a great question it's very uncomfortable yeah it was uncomfortable especially for the folks that i was serving for a while including one of my clients that I was doing, I was serving intentionally for a year before we embarked on the pro bono journey with Seraflow, which was, a you know, the three month formal coaching, which was, or was it three months? Something like that. Two, two or three months. Great experience. And so I was serving him in a deep way for a year and a half. And then said that I'm now at this point of my coaching journey where I'm charging and and that 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 conversation came up with a bunch of folks that I saw as mentees or people that I was um, mentoring uh, I mean these labels are just just fluff but yeah people that I was helping I was serving for a while um, I eventually had to express what it was that I was doing but I also like have, I still serve them. Like I still, I still, I still see them every, you know, 
I'm always here for them if they need me. Like we meet, you know, once every few months. Um, but in terms of like the people that like I was dedicated to to proposing a coaching agreement with, I would say that like it was a challenge for me. And my coach helped me out a lot in the process. If it wasn't for him, I it would have been way more difficult. Like he really coached me through the uh the 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 communication and there's the strategy and everything that that comes with like sales and coaching and loving service and, and, and selling um with love and not like in a salesy sharky way but really being of service yeah so it was uncomfortable i think that it definitely rubbed up against some of my um beliefs around being a coach at a young age that that's not possible or like why would somebody want to work with a coach that doesn't have um a lot of experience coaching when i did but not in a formal capacity and of course i'm really dedicated to my own like journey of self-realization and self-discovery so it, it, it was it was very challenging but i i worked through it um in a way that was um functional and i navigated through it but it was challenging for sure yeah it sounds yeah. like like it doesn't sound quite like imposter syndrome because you knew you had the skills and you'd been offering meditation and coaching for quite a while but it sounds like there was definitely a transition of knowing that that it's like an energy exchange and the people when they start to pay they show up in a different way, um, more what more willing and wanting to do the work because it is money is energy. Um, Absolutely, yeah, for sure. A part of my coaching practice is meeting with someone a few times, actually creating a powerful coaching experience for them by offering a complimentary session or two for them to experience my coaching directly. And I certainly agree that there is a difference between the enrollment phase and an actual coaching agreement where they're working with me for three months or more and they've actually, they're paying for it. There's, a, it's, 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 it's way different. Yeah. Or, so we talk about coaching a lot, but I'm not sure that all the listeners really know what coaching is or how it can really be of service to their lives can you talk to that or speak yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah coaching is a space to be really present with where you are today present with where you are today and what you want to create going forward and the space allows for you to tap into your own wisdom to lead your own life. And in a coaching session, the job of a coach is to ask really powerful questions to tap into that intuition and wisdom and be able to help them navigate through themselves. Um, and in addition to, to asking powerful questions, providing perspective and bringing in teachings and uh, concepts and uh, images that help them understand what they're going through more so they can work through uh, whatever it is that they are rubbing up against in a different light. Because in some way, the person that you're that, that's in front of you is blocked, whether it's energetically, uh, well, of course it's energetically, but whether it's mentally or emotionally, they're blocked. So the perspective and the reframe is a critical part of coaching because it opens up the possibility for them to see things from different vantage points. So um, yeah, and then in addition to to those to those key parts of coaching. Um, 
I would say that a big part of mine is um, the mindfulness and meditative essence where we actually dive into practices, which of course I um, I am equipped in doing from Surflow and you know facilitating this type of stuff. And uh, yeah, doing exercises and activities together to get them thinking about their life in a more creative, uh, empowering um, way. And, and, and ultimately to, to, to help them fulfill their deepest dreams and desires. And that's what it comes back to. Like, you know, we all have goals, right? But like, what are, what are your dreams? What are your desires? And I'm here bringing those dreams and desires, which are certainly future into the present moment and figuring out what action do we need to take right now to walk the path to get there. So it's all about the present moment. It really is. And that's why this space that I provide is so meditative and mindful because that's the only moment that we're living in is, is right now. And you know, as humans, we want so many things. It's important to identify what it is that we need to do right now about that and, and figure out what's in the way that is blocking us from doing it. So in, in, in coaching, there's also a lot of release work. I can give you an example. I mean, releasing limiting beliefs, releasing uh, values that have been just bestowed on us that we don't identify with anymore. Um, patterning. You said, you said the word creative uh, earlier. Um, and I really loved that because even what you're talking about now, it's like a lot of times people have a really logical uh, way of thinking. And with that comes a lot of self-doubt or, well, for me, like self-doubt or putting ourselves down because we're not getting there or we're judging ourselves. And when you said the word creative, it really felt like it opens these doors and windows for like a breeze of like freshness to flow in um, and help clear these things that you're talking about. I just really loved how you brought that idea into it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for reflecting that back. When someone receives that creative lens, it makes the process more joyful. And they are more willing to lean into the process and not be so fixated on the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of interrupted you when you were talking about like release and things that mm -hmm. people sometimes need to let go of to move forward. Yeah. Yeah, I can certainly expand on that. What I was saying was, is, is whether they're, it's beliefs, values, basically conditioning, programming that we don't resonate, identify with, associate to in this present moment, unconsciously. Or consciously, but unconsciously, as in it comes from our upbringing, our parents, society, our teachers, our friends. Yeah, there are and thoughts and things that we've been holding on to for so long that we don't even know that they're like our thoughts. <laughs> they might come across as your truth. Absolutely, yeah. And I think when we're living a life on the surface, I'm speaking about materialism. We're unconscious to a lot of these, a lot of this patterning and we're going through life sleeping. And it, that's just the truth. And, and, and it's not a problem, but it is just what it is. And I mean, sleeping is unconscious to parts of us that are, aren't actually authentic to our, ourself. They've been bestowed on us. They've been put on us and we are a victim to our own experience in this way. So a lot of folks that come into coaching are wondering why they are not confident, insecure, um, codependent in relationships, um, having all this anxiety and just feeling unstable. It's well, it's because they don't know why it's happening. 
And this is where therapy and coaching can kind of blend in a sense where there's that release and like healing work. But I think it's a really important part of coaching because it actually needs to happen in the beginning for them to have the clarity and confidence going forward to create what it is in their life that they really want to authentically fulfill. Sounds like you offer some really beautiful coaching. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I'll take a free session, please. <laughs> Good. I would love that. I would love that. I would love that. That'd be that. How do, um, so you might get bombarded with people, let's hope, but how do people find you and what would they expect from an introductory like session with you on what you do? Yes. So they can find out more about me via my website, which is flowstate-coaching.com. Also on Instagram at B McNultz. So B M-C-N-U-L-T-S. On Instagram, I post a lot of inspirational and loving content. You can DM me. Um, my email is Brandon at flowstate-coaching.com. That's probably the best way to get in touch with me. You also can, can connect via the website. All these things, by the way, we'll have in the show notes for everyone. Uh, if you would like to just find them at a click, they'll be down there. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The best, way to read, the best way to get in contact with me is just to reach out to me. Yeah. Um, what somebody can expect in a session with me is a really safe and supportive space where you have full permission to be yourself. However you show up is wholeheartedly accepted and we are really going to slow down. We've been taught to speed up when we want to figure things out, when we want to arrive at solutions to our problems. So I can assure you that this is a space for us to really slow down, be present and explore whatever's happening in your reality with a ton of love and compassion because everything you're going through, I've been through and it's okay because it's an amazing opportunity for you to grow into the most bright, flourishing, empowered self that you know that you can, that you, that you know that you are, not even be, you already are it. You just have to see it. So this space is going to be an opportunity for you to see your true self. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Well, I believe you because you're a glowing human. <laughs> Thank <laughs> like you so much. A radiant person. So I, if you can help bring even an ounce of that out in people, um, they will probably be changed. Thank you so much, Nadia. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, um, you are as well. Thank you. So much love. Yeah, I really appreciate you. Um, a little thing that I'd like to touch on is um, we like to give a tip or a tool to people that might be new to meditation and not like coaching or anything like that. But somebody that's like, yeah, I'm really looking for something that can help me slow down and help me meditate or be mindful. Do you have a, um, a tip that you'd like to give to newbies or people coming back to it? Yeah, I would love to give a tip. And the tip is heart awareness. So beautiful. So grateful to ever see this practice from Sura, our great teacher. Heart awareness is a gentle, loving focus in the heart. And you can amplify this focus by placing a loving hand on the heart, focusing your awareness there, centering your presence in love and adding to that love by just breathing into the heart. It's the most amazing practice that I think I've ever learned. And it has changed so many people's lives, including the entire Surflow community, but also the clients that I've worked with, the people that I've been serving. Everybody picks up on this and just loves it. Like there's, I don't think there's one person that's been like, oh, I don't like heart breathing or heart awareness. Like everybody like, wants to breathe through their heart because everyone is love. Yeah. It's really transformative. Yeah. I yeah. sometimes tell people like in, in yoga, I, I, you know, do a little practice, a lot of having people drop from their mind down into their heart. And I ask them like, how would it feel to show up 
into a conversation with a friend from here <laughs> instead of your head, you know, it's, it's so different. It really is. Yeah. And when you do that, you listen from that place too. And it's, it's so, it's so amazing what can happen in a conversation when you're, when both parties are listening from their heart and when they're really present in that place, because that's truly presence is, is in the heart because the mind that the nature of the mind is, is future thinking and, and, or, or, and, or past. So in, when you're in the heart, you're present. Simple as that. Breathe into your heart, be in your heart, feel your heart, love yourself. It's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. I often tell people too, like, how can you listen to your brain when you change your mind a hundred times? Like that's not where yeah. the truth is because if it was, we wouldn't change our mind all the time. Like you've got to drop, drop in. Absolutely. That's such a great point. The truth is, is that we're not the mind. We're the ones who are aware of it. Your true self is behind the mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's that witness consciousness. The more you get into the heart, the more you see that. Um. In the meditation that you're about to lead us in, do you think yes. this heart meditation or heart awareness could be a, a part of it? Or what would you like to lead us in? I would love to. And I would love to add self-forgiveness because self-forgiveness releases all of that unwanted stored energy that's blocking us from being present. Well, I want to thank you so much for giving us your time. This has been such a beautiful conversation. Um, so I look forward to it. I hope everyone sticks around and learns more about um, heart breathing, heart awareness, and self-forgiveness in our meditation coming up next. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you stick around for the meditation on the next episode. If you're interested in wellness coaching through a meditative lens or starting your own meditation practice with accountability, check out TheMeditationWard.com. Give us a follow on Instagram at the Meditation Ward, and please like, review us, and share with your friends. See you soon.